0: You're listening to Pombo and Peter's Picks, the home of your favorite sports betting podcast. Presented by The Daily Goat.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Pombo and Peter's Picks. I'm Jason Pombo, joined as always by Peter Alves. Peter, how we doing? Happy Thursday.
2: I'm getting sick and tired of New England weather, to be honest. Wednesday was cold. Tuesday was so nice. Thursday, I think it's going to be real nice. Friday will probably be cold. It is what it is. We haven't had much snow though. No, we only had like one day, two days, one day. So,
1: is snow season you think done? I think it is, right?
0: April 6th. I I think we're, I think we're in the
1: clear. So that's good, Peter.
2: Got unscathed.
1: We, we got a big show today, Peter. We're going to hit on a lot of different things. I know last week you mocked me and said no NFL, but I'm going to have a quick NFL point to start the show. Shocker. Uh, then we're going to talk some college basketball. Uh, March Madness is officially over. Congrats to our graphics guy, Matt Cunha. Um, Rip Peter. We're going to talk some MLB. Uh, like we said last week, was opening day. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to get into the NBA as the playoffs are a week away. Uh, we're going to get into all that. We can discuss the new NBA CBA with a couple of different wrinkles from this CBA compared to last year, last time. And we're going to conclude the show by having Dylan of Cheap Talk Wrestling. Talk about UFC 287.
2: Oh, yeah. Packed show. Packed, baby. Packed. Uh, football. Yeah. Nice. Never dies. Thought we were going to talk about it until with car, but that's okay. I just want five minutes. And honestly, not. I won't even need five minutes. Hey, so- four's all yours. I'm going to just... Hey, listen. Four's all yours. Mac Jones is in a ton of trade rumors. Yeah, he shopped around... They're not in the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes. They might be in the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes, still. Mac Jones sucks. Mac Jones should get traded if it's for the right player or for the right price. That's all I got to say. If they're doing it to draft another quarterback in the first round, Anthony Richardson or whatever his name is, I don't want him. Even Will Levis, I don't want another project. There you go. You can talk for Mac Jones fanboy over there.
1: Yeah, no, you, you basically hit it. The whole Mac Jones trade rumors sort of came out of left field to some extent.
2: Obviously, it feels like there's
1: a disconnect with Bill Belichick, and Mac Jones, and Robert Kraft. feels like that triangle is sort of uh, feeling different emotions. It feels like Robert Kraft is aligned with Mac Jones, while Bill Belichick isn't. And what Peter kind of just said, if you're going to trade Mac Jones, you, be, you better be getting a guy like Lamar Jackson to replace him or a guy like Aaron Rodgers. But uh, honestly, Peter, I don't think the Patriots are going to do that. I really don't. Uh, that's why I think you need to keep Mac Jones at this point. Uh, yes, I would absolutely move on from Mac if it gets you Lamar Jackson, but that's not the case here. And I'm with you. I wouldn't go back to the draft in round one, round two. Or, and another thing that you did mention, Peter, which I think ultimately might be the worst-case scenario here, what if Bailey Zappi is entering training camp as the first quarterback on the roster? I think that's absolutely worst-case scenario. I think what the Patriots should do, uh, get on the same page with Mac Jones, make the best of the situation. We saw, obviously, Mac Jones... Have a rough year, too. We saw him succeed in year one. The Patriots have to get him back on track in year three. They brought in Bill O'Brien to fix Mac Jones. They added a tight end in Mike Isecki, added wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster. Who knows what else is here to go for this offseason, but I'm with you, though, Peter. Unless you're getting a guy like Lamar Jackson, there really shouldn't be a reason why you move on from Mac Jones, because honestly, it feels personal, and it shouldn't be personal. That's kind of annoying.
2: Yeah, for real. I mean, I don't think he'll be as bad as last year, and maybe he not won't. the first year but like they're going to draft a receiver somewhere they have quite contention still i don't think they're going to be as bad as they were last year there's no way
1: it's it's just i agree with you it's just annoying that if this is the end of the mac jones era in new england which would let's just hypothetically let's say he does get traded after 2 years i mean what that is a very rare instance where you see a quarterback that young get the get kind of the rug taken underneath him along with the fact that he was put in such a crappy situation last year with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, which really wasn't his fault. Did Mac Jones, uh, was he very excited about that? Obviously not. Did he take that in stride? Obviously not. Could he have done things differently on and off the field? Probably. But is that a reason to completely blow up the entire program and enter the season with a new offensive coordinator, a new offensive line coach, a a new wide receiver one, and then a new quarterback along with that? That's too much change. Uh, and ultimately, I think Mac Jones will be here in 2023, I think is a lot of smoke. And while I do think Bill Belichick would certainly be willing to get rid of him, I do think Robert Kraft would intervene and say, no, we're going to roll with Mac Jones here. Last year was not necessarily all on him. Uh, and I understand, Peter, I'm a Mac Jones guy. Take my biases out of it all you want. Mac Jones was put in a crappy situation last year and everybody knew it from the jump to kind of get rid of him after that sort of situation last year would be a bad look for the Patriots brand unless you're getting a guy like Lamar Jackson. And then I guess everything's out the window at that point. But far from that, I I don't see an alternative that gets you in a better situation than having Mac Jones on your roster. I'm sorry I'm not a Bailey Zappi guy. I haven't been. You want to keep Bailey Zappi around to push Mac Jones? Sure. Totally for that. But to have him him as quarterback one next year and trade Mac Jones – wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. So that's my five minute rant. I don't know if I kept it under five minutes, Peter, but it was close.
2: Oh, that's that's pretty good. That's pretty it was good. Pretty good. Not bad. Yeah,
1: and very frustrating. And you know. one
2: last thing to note until football is officially dead: Rips to the best quarterback of all time, Brian Hall Cunha Hoyer. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> Joins uh your boy, shocker, but that's okay.
1: Yes, Brian Hoyer heading to Vegas, and that should also tell you something: that Brian Hoyer who. Legitimately was ready to retire here and become like an assistant coach here, which you already think he was. Decided to go go out west, take his entire family up to Vegas instead of coming back here. What does that tell you about the situation down there in Foxborough right now? Not great.
2: He's just another offensive coordinator. Not great, great, Peter. Coach up, Jared Stidham. So, and that's a Patriot West. So, that is true. We love the Raiders.
1: All right, that's all I got to say here, Peter. Let's move on to some college basketball. I think that's probably a good... I, I was going to originally start the show off by that, but I had to get the Mac Jones stuff off my chest, and it's very irritating. So let's transition to college basketball. March Madness is officially over. Um, it felt like it it went by too quick for me. I was disappointed. But it ended with UConn winning their fifth tournament in school history. I believe it's their fourth in 20 years. Uh, congrats to you, I guess, for the graphic, for picking UConn in the
2: spread and UConn in the over. I was wrong. I had San Diego State in the under. Congratulations to Matt though, winning our bracket challenge, beating me, Matt. Where's your Where's your ticket? Oh yeah, plus twenty five hundred. Big Cat won out so much money on Monday. What, he won like sixty thousand or something. Yeah, he won a ton of money. But yeah. So Peter, overall, your takeaway. I guess we'll
1: start off with the the game between UConn and San Diego State. You obviously had UConn winning. So I imagine you weren't too surprised by the result.
2: No, listen. I thought San Diego State was gonna give them a challenge, but like every other team that UConn faces, they just steamrolled them all. I don't. I don't get if it's their bigs in the middle or like their whole team. But like, holy crap! It wasn't even a. It wasn't even a competition like that whole time.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you. I thought San Diego State was gonna give them a little bit of a better run, uh, and while they did, I think cut the lead down to five with, I think, I don't know, three or four minutes left. That was the closest they got. San Diego State was never really in this game. UConn had it from the jump. Uh, They were the better team. They were deeper. They shot the ball ball better. San Diego State offensively, that ended up being their ultimate undoing. Uh, Defensively, I think they were one of the best teams in college basketball. Offensively, that was the reason why they weren't able to kind of compete and contend with UConn. Uh, UConn, of course, were a five-seed in this tournament. Not a lot of people had them going very far. I had a lot, I saw a lot of people actually think they would get upset in round one uh, to Rick Pitino's team down there in Iona. But that didn't obviously come to fruition. So overall, Peter, let's kind of take a little bit of a step back. Like I said, UConn winning their fifth uh, NCAA men's tournament. Um, do you consider them... So the term I used was blue blood. So blue blood, I guess, can be kind of described as... a a collegiate team that sort of um, is associated with basketball and kind of always in there consistent. They have the coach in order, all that sort of stuff. So would you consider them in the echelon with like Duke, North Carolina, that sort of thing?
2: Sadly, no, because like they're up and down, up and down. They've won four in the last 25 years or whatever you said. I mean, they're the first basketball team in history to win in like three different decades, I think. So, No, but I mean we should because UConn, when they're on, like they can just win the whole thing. They're like the Giants, and just whenever they make the tournament far, they just make it all the way through. So I mean, no, even like around here, I feel like it's Providence College and nothing else, even though UConn's right there too. But Mm. maybe maybe we should take them seriously. I mean, I I know nothing about their coach, Bob Hurley. About that, yeah. Know
1: where he used to coach?
2: No, uh, Providence.
1: No, close. You are right. <laughs> you
2: uh, should know that. Yeah, should know that.
1: L. Peter, but I, I honestly, I'm starting to lean towards having them in that category. You know, they had a Jim Calhoun, uh, who everybody knows, legendary college basketball coach. They had Kevin Ollie in, who won that championship. I believe it was with Kemba Walker, and now they have Bob Hurley, and they've been able to sustain success. I understand they've had some down years, similar to like the Red Sox in a way, where like one year they're in first, another year they're in last, but. It's tough to argue the scoreboard, and I would I would put them as a blue blood program. I would also have like Kansas in there, Kentucky, North Carolina, Duke, Gonzaga, and I, Gonzaga, and I think I would have Villanova, but Jay Wright isn't there anymore, so that might change things. Uh, UCLA, I guess, can be in the discussion if they can get consistent over the next couple of years. Purdue but should not be
2: in there, even though they no should be.
1: Purdue should not. So I really think this is again, this is a very select group. Like I think Louisville used to be there, not anymore. So I would put. Like I said, Kansas, Kentucky, North Carolina, Duke. I'll still put Villanova there and UConn. I and think the, those would be I'm i I'm sorry, seven. Those are the seven that I would consider to be the blue blood programs of college basketball. And, yeah, shout out to UConn. So, overall, Peter, did you enjoy the tournament? Um, Great it for me.
2: I did love this tournament. Maybe maybe not an A-plus because I didn't win, but that's being me and me. But, like, A, because, like, no number one seeds made the final four. No one seed made the uh, lead eight. It is truly March Madness. Anything can happen. Nobody can have a perfect bracket. People who didn't... Purdue lost in the stupid first round, for God's sake. Like, anything can happen. There was a lot of good stories, like San Diego State ripped to Memphis, but like Creighton got screwed, but we won't talk about that anymore. I mean, Alabama made it pretty far, but they got destroyed by San Diego State. So, like, anything can happen. I, I love March Madness. It's the best tournament of all time. I
1: give it an A, like you said. Uh, I give it an A, not an A+, but an A. Uh, I think it would have been an A+, if... If Alabama won. No, I mean, sure, For my, I guess for me. But if you had another blue blood in there in the Final Four, so if, let's say, a Duke went far or a Kentucky, I think that would have made it a little bit further. But then I guess it takes away from the Cinderella story, um, which we saw a couple different teams, I guess you could argue, were the Cinderella story of the tournament. FAU probably would take the cheese on that one. Uh, as a nine seed getting to the final four, and they would have been the as a I don't think a nine seed's ever won, so I think they would have absolutely made history there. Uh, we saw other teams kind of get far that were I guess lower uh, lower seeds I should say higher seeds. So it was a good tournament. I give an A. It had the upsets, it had the blue blood dominance in UConn. Uh, it had some other teams get far. It we had a, some buzzer beaters. So it was it was a good tournament. I'm very upset it ended.
2: Yeah, I love I love the term honestly. And everybody go to UConn. Everybody go to Connecticut on Saturday. You know who actually will be there on Saturday? Who? Uh, TJ. There's no way he won't be either by himself or for the news. So I don't. Bl- I don't think he's gonna be
1: there. <laughs> no. No way. I don't believe he's there. No way. Because no, I, I feel like he definitely would have told me that. I don't believe he's there. I. I don't believe so, Peter. I think he. Uh. I think he'll be. I think he's he'll be WrestleMania out, and I, I don't think he will. I don't think he'll be there. All
2: right, all right, all right.
1: Maybe I'm wrong. We'll, for we'll the news, hit.
2: it's not for him, but it's for we'll him. have to check the
1: social media in a couple days.
2: Yeah. Have fun at Halloween, bud.
1: <laughs> all right. So let's try, any other college basketball thoughts before we move on to some Major League Baseball?
2: I mean, is the Alabama guy going number one?
1: Brandon Miller? No, he's going to be no Wembignana is number one, dude. Get with it.
2: Oh, yeah, 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 that's
1: right. Miller's going to be probably number three.
2: Is that Yukon guy, uh, the center, eligible?
1: Uh, He's out Yeah, You can be eligible at any time. I don't know if he's necessarily a lottery pick. I haven't done it. I'm more focused on the NFL draft right now than the NBA draft. So fair, 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 fair. Give me a rain check. But I do know Brandon Miller will be a top three pick. I've seen him mocked third overall, some second overall. So uh, I do think he's going to be a top three pick. Not first, That Wemben, Victor Wembanyama, he's number one, and it really isn't close. Have you seen any of that guy?
2: No, I've not. That guy is I'll absurd. I'll have to look him up before. Our like, show. I know, a lot, like, remember
1: how the hype surrounding like Zion Williamson a couple years ago? Yeah. I think this guy will be better than Zion.
2: Oh, well, I mean, all he has is he actually I'll... plays. So yeah. we'll see how he ages, though. So who knows?
1: Uh, all right, let's move on to some MLB talk. So, oh, wait, opening... that's
2: the seven foot, like, sorry, that's like the seven foot three guy that can yes. shoot. Yes. Yes. I have heard about him. Of course you've heard of him. Who hasn't heard of him?
1: Yes, of course. Uh, Let's move on to some MLB stuff. Opening day was, what, last Wednesday? Yep. Last Wednesday. Last Thursday. Thursday. I don't know. Whatever it was. Last Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, So, again, we're a week into this. Obviously, Major League Baseball is a 162-game season, so you really can't take too, too much I guess, out of a small sample size of four or five games. So I don't really want to go too, too far into it. But um, what are your first week takeaways? We've really been able to see the new rules in full display in actual regular season games. So I guess we'll start off with that Uh, pitch clock. You still in love with it?
2: So, yeah, big picture. I mean, they shaved off 30, 40 minutes of the games, even though Red Sox don't make it under three hours, even though they did on Wednesday, but that doesn't matter. Uh, Bigger bases are fine. I mean, pitch clock is amazing. And, yeah, I mean, it speeds up the game. There's no dead time anymore.
1: One thing that I'll also mention that I also like, there's a lot more stealing. There's a lot more movement on the base paths, and I think that is absolutely beneficial for baseball, Uh, whether it's the runner kind of um, timing out the pitch clock or that sort of thing or taking advantage of the bigger bases. uh, I I think that's been really good. I, I think that it's kind of been an element of the game that's sort of been put on the back burner by some degree so I, I like that I think there was like 70 stolen base attempts in the first like two ge- two games
2: it's probably all by the uh, Orioles and Pirates yeah
1: and the Orioles were 12 for 12 that first opening series against the Red Sox
2: yeah Red Sox have 14 steals against and the uh, second team has 9 clean it up bro
1: what's the total do you know what uh, for stolen bases I, do you have a list in front of you
2: for, no, no. Oh, okay. No, I just heard that on the game today. Oh, okay. All right, never mind.
1: <laughs> I wasn't sure if you had that on you. I was like, oh, okay. Um, but yeah, I I think those parts of the game have been crucial, and I hopefully they stick around with these sort of things. And yeah, I've been absolutely a fan uh, of it so far. Uh, again, let's talk about the on the field product aside from like the pitch clock and the bigger bases. Uh, what do you think about some teams opening here? The San Diego Padres are off to a slow start. That's my World Series pick. Yeah, teams like the Milwaukee Brewers, who we'll call it had middling expectations, have really played extremely well. Um, the Red Sox have been up and down, <laughs> uh, you want to call it that. They just got swept by the Pirates. Tampa Bay is undefeated, they're 6-0 as we record this. The Braves are 5-1, so yeah, what do you think? I, again, I don't want to overreact here too, too far, but uh, what has kind of jumped off the page for you
2: in the first week? No, I will not overreact because... It's it's the first week. But yeah, the Matthew Mets, stupid, Mets yeah. Justin Verlander, before the season even starts. He just gets uh injured by a arm fit slash shoulder injury. Good job, Mets. You can't ever figure it out. Cubs have no offense. Dodgers, I think, are fine. Diamondbacks. Okay, well, he was already with three wins. And Ray's how
1: more how many more do you need from the diamondbacks?
2: <laughs> like realistically, like 60, I think. Like 70. Okay. So that's the only tick I have in real life, Matthew. But yeah, I'm not gonna rip the Red Sox too bad, even though I want to so bad.
1: Are you worried about the Pirates? I think I'm. I'm sorry, not the Pirates. The Padres. They started off, I think, what, a win three.
2: No, and the one I and
1: two, and the the three and three now.
2: No, not not really. Unless somebody like gets hurt, it's yeah. way too early. It doesn't. Agreed.
1: The only way, only reason why you should be, if you're a team bugging about the first couple weeks, is injuries. Like for example, you're the Mets, and Justin Verlander is banged up. That's an issue. I'm trying to think of other injuries that have sort of happened in the first
2: week. Chaz uh, Ches- Ch- Chiswell. Yep. Uh, Wednesday. who else? somebody else got hurt, didn't they? Uh, I know. A- I know. Rendon got suspended. Rendon got suspended. Well, maybe that's about it.
1: Yeah, I haven't really seen too, too much. Oh, um, what's his face from Seattle? Um, Robbie
2: Ray. Oh, Robbie Ray. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So again, it's all about. Staying healthy. It's a marathon, not a sprint. I think that's clear here. So but yeah, the product's been great. I've been a big fan of the pitch clock, like you said. So hopefully everything keeps up and uh yeah, good start, Peter.
2: Yeah, I guess. I guess do you think
1: you had a Red Sox minute or five
2: minutes? I mean, no. I mean score I think score isn't gonna make it before Bloom.
1: Wait, wait, say that again. You think Cora would go before Bloom?
2: Yeah, I'll clean it up. Like, way too many stolen bases, way too many defensive errors. Wait, like, Yoshida can't play left field. Like, I know he just came from Japan, but he cannot. Uh, Cassis sucks. <laughs> Pick a ball first base. Because he took every, a picture with me. Every single pitcher can't throw the a strike, like, at all. Well, Tanner Howe, Tanner Howe could. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they got to send two people down because Whitlock and Bayo is coming back real soon. Yep. And, uh yeah, there's no offense. There's no anything. Devers is the only one that's contributing. And... Oh, Duval, man. Well, uh, okay, okay. But he's not going to be that forever. No, but
1: I think he can get you 30 home runs, I believe that. 25, 30 home runs. I agree with you what you said.
2: And, yeah, I'm not overreacting. Uh, I'm not.
1: No, I'm not overreacting. This is what I think they are anyway. They're about a 500 team. That's how I kind of viewed it. I do disagree with you. I think Bloom is out before Cora. I do I think ownership is in Cora's the they, they are in alignment with Cora. Or are we talking about how Kraft was in alignment with Mac? I feel like ownership, Red Sox ownership is aligned with Cora and I think i Bloom would be the scapegoat. But these are the, could
2: these are the wins that you have to win.
1: You can't get swept by the Pirates.
2: Pirates, Orioles, and then you got the Tigers. Like, look at the May schedule. Oh, my God. You got the Dodgers, the Reds, uh, the Yankees, the Blue Jays, the Rays. Like, holy crap.
1: And Again, I don't want to really make this like a whole – I I guess I'll connect to the batting here. The reason why I picked the over for this team is because they played less division games. They're playing teams like the freaking Pirates more. You get swept by the Pirates, that's going to hurt the total, you know?
2: Yep, yep, yep. Yep. So that's that's sort of the dilemma here.
1: But again, it's early. Product's been great, Uh and looking forward to it though. Peter. Yeah, I'm not reacting until, year.
2: like middle of May. So
1: yeah, so. maybe we'll we'll have we'll have to create a segment of when we can start overreacting for baseball.
2: Not yet. We'll invite Matt back on, rip Ripping. Off. Like yeah, what well, Matt?
1: All right, Peter. So before we have Dylan, uh talk about UFC. I wanted to talk a little bit about the NBA. We haven't talked about it, the NBA in a long time, and. uh Yeah, let's get into it now. The NBA playoffs are basically here. They start, I believe it's next week is the play-in tournament. So let me read you the standings here, Peter. I think that'd be a probably good jumping off point for the NBA. So the Milwaukee Bucks have practically clinched the number one seed. Uh, The Celtics have practically clinched the number two seed. The Sixers have practically clinched the three. Cavs are the four. Knicks are the five. Um, Brooklyn's the six. And then the play-in tournament teams look like in the east are going to be the Miami Heat the Atlanta Hawks, the Toronto Raptors, and the Chicago Bulls, which could set up a matchup of um, Miami-Atlanta and then Toronto-Chicago. So in the East, Peter, um, again, regular season is winding down here. I think they have four games left, each team, four to five. Um, Let's stick with the theme of, the, I guess, the playing tournament. Which team there scares you the most?
2: What, East? Uh, Yeah, who who uh,
1: could make a run?
2: To be honest... To be honest, I think it's just the Celtics, Bucks, and Sixers. I think Cavs are too small and too young. Knicks are gonna Knicks. Nets have nobody, he have nobody. Yeah, I really think it's just top heavy. It's not like the West where it's just wide open. Yeah,
1: I agree with you. I don't really necessarily see it. and I would take the Sixers off that list. I know Joel Embiid is having a great historical season and he's probably the MVP front runner, but I don't really consider the Philadelphia 76ers uh, as an equivalent to the Celtics or the Bucks, I think those teams are better than the Sixers. When it comes to the playing tournament, though, Peter, I like the Chicago Bulls out of the teams. There feels like they've played a little bit better recently, uh, and it looked like they were kind of a no man's land for a little bit. I know the standings may not reflect it, but they play hard defensively. They can score. They have some playmakers on the team. I think they're a team that could get by in the playing tournament. Uh, The Heat, of course, they had pedigree coming off that Eastern Conference Finals appearance last year, so you can take them seriously. But ultimately, I agree with you, Peter. I I think that's uh, absolutely the case. All right, let's move on to the West here. So the West, like you said, is a complete polar opposite. It's wide open. The Nuggets look like they're going to be the one seed in the West. The Grizzlies, are they going to be the two seed? The Sacramento Kings as the three seed. Nobody had that on their bingo card. Uh, The Phoenix Suns look like they're going to be the four seed. Then everything else is sort of kind of jumbled up, so things could change on a day-by-day situation. But we record this on a Wednesday, Peter. So this is the standings as of Wednesday at 6.03 p.m. The Warriors are the five seed. Clippers are the six seed. Lakers are the seven seed. Pelicans, eight. Timberwolves, nine. Thunder, ten. What do you think in the West so far, Peter?
2: Oh, holy crap. Mavericks. <laughs>
1: oh, my God. Yeah, the Mavericks, Yeah. <laughs>
2: Might shut down Luca. Kyrie's a cancer, but I mean, Lakers are surgeons. Kings nobody had that in Venga card. Nuggets. I, I I really think it's the bottom half of the the uh not division conference, conference. Th- this time. Like playoffs, you just need stars. So I really think like the Warriors, Clippers, Lakers, and like the Suns, because like Kevin Durant's still not there, right? Kevin Durant is back.
1: He's oh, back. He he's just came dead. back, and the Suns are actually six and zero with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker on the floor together.
2: But yeah, I mean, I think it's just the bottom teams. Kings, I don't think there's no shot. Grizzlies, I, I don't know. Nug- Nuggets can do it, obviously, but I really don't.
1: Tr- they have improved it in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah, I don't.
2: I don't trust them either. Like, I really think painful to me to say this. I think it might be like the Lakers. They're they've literally lit the world on fire. For the last like month.
1: For real, the Lakers are hot. I wouldn't put them as like the favorite. I think the Nuggets are a better team. I think ultimately the Suns are a better team. I think the Warriors, if they get their stuff together, are a better team. So I think those three would be the three that I would kind of say. The Grizzlies, they look, they've been tearing it up as of late. They're making a run at the number one seed. But I think ultimately they're too young. Uh, the Kings, same sort of thing, uh, despite the fact that Sabonis and Fox, they're all playing out of their mind down there. But if Kevin Durant is healthy, the Suns are going to be a tough out. They can defend well. They can score the basketball. They can do a lot in terms of defending guys like LeBron, guys like Jokic. You know, I think that's going to be a big difference maker. Um, and the Clippers, I know they were a team I think you picked to get to the finals. Uh, I have some concerns about them. Paul George been is still winning,
2: out. Man. I've them winning this thing. Yeah,
1: you did. Yeah, I forgot. Uh, Paul George is out. He looks like he's going to be back for the playoffs. But... The Clippers need to avoid the play-in tournament to get, I guess, a fully rested Paul George. And if they can get that, that will be beneficial for them. But the Lakers are scary, Peter. Like you said, they're on a four-game win streak right now. Uh, they have a big game tonight, uh, tonight meaning Wednesday night. Uh, so we'll see if they're able to kind of convert on this back-to-back situation. Other teams, I guess, in the play-in tournament sort of, I-, I don't really love any of them outside. I don't even love the Lakers, but I think the Lakers are the best team in the play-in tournament as currently constructed. I would probably have the Pelicans as the second-best team. Uh, I love the Thunder in the future. I think Shai, Gilgeous alexander Josh Giddey, they're great players. I think they're going to be a real force of nature in the West in the next couple of years. There's obviously a year or two out, um, so they're not going to make too much noise. I think they'll probably get bounced in the play-in tournament. But I like how the West is wide open. While the East is sort of kind of a two-to-three-team two race, the West feels like it could be four-to-five teams.
2: Yeah, what what should be real fun? Yeah. I'm because sleeping it, for the East until the Eastern Conference Finals. And then Celtics better be there, or holy crap.
1: I hope so. Your Even team though team. I don't
2: think they're going to be anywhere.
1: You don't think they're going to be in these finals? Are you going to pick Philly over them?
2: I mean, I did in the beginning. You did in the I, beginning, I, yes. I, yeah, I have Philly Clippers. But, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, that game on or uh, Tuesday.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: it was without Jalen Brown. Would, you and Be do whatever he wanted.
1: I think that's what the Celtics are going to do. They're going to give Embiid whatever he wants, and they just got to, they're going to stop everybody else. I think that's kind of the goal when you're defending Philly. So speaking of Embiid, you have a strong opinion on who the MVP should be. It's been a really polarizing topic in the NBA. Uh, originally, start off the year, I had Giannis, and I forgot who you had. Do you have Embiid?
2: Yeah, I had Embiid. Good for you. You had Embiid. Where's that ticket? Yeah. Where's that ticket? That's uh, what you should have said.
1: I know. Where's your ticket? And, I, and I've been pretty good at nailing M- NBA MVPs. Um, But it looks like it's really been a two-team race the last, I don't know, two or three weeks between Jokic and Embiid. You have guys like Giannis and Tatum who are sort of in the mix, but not really. Uh, After Embiid's 50-point performance against the Celtics, it looks like Embiid is, I think, minus 750 to win the MVP award. Minus 900. Minus 900. So it looks like the award is going to be his. Are you you content with that, or do you are you—
2: You're definitely content with that because you picked him. Well, I mean, yeah. I, I guess I mean Jokic. I mean that's probably just voter fatigue. i sorry, buddy. And then Giannis. I mean he's the most dominant player in the world. Tatum, mm-hmm. get out of here! But I I don't know. I wouldn't have a problem with any of the three, to be honest. Yeah, it's if I were voting, I mean, yeah. But... If
1: I were voting, I agree with you. I tell you what, I was on. I was team. Jokic. Like
2: should have won last year, right?
1: <laughs> you see, I say no. I know a lot of people do, but I say no. I still think it was Jokic. I was Team Jokic up until like two weeks ago. Then I was, I switched to Embiid. I, this is how I would vote it, like a top five per se. Embiid, number one. Jokic, number two. Giannis, three. Tatum, four. And Donovan Mitchell, five. Those would be the those would be the top five guys that I think would be the top five finishers. I'm not a... Shia Gilchrist-Alexander is somebody that has kind of popped into convos, but Oklahoma City Thunder is a 10 seed right now, so they need to be contending to have his name in the discussion so
2: he will be there eventually
1: yeah next year maybe he'll be my pick who knows all right peter so let's talk the last thing about the nba i want to hit on is the new cba that's sort of kind of been approved that no one's really talking about because it kind of happened overnight i think it was between saturday into sunday night Uh, the owners approved it like 3 a.m sunday morning early Uh, and i remember i was texting you about it and you're like holy crap i didn't even i didn't realize this so uh Again, I'm not going to kind of bore you with some of the uh, non-exciting parts, where whether it changes like contracts and that sort of thing, and the salary cap. There's a couple of things I want to mention. First and foremost, the NBA will introduce an in-season tournament that's likely going to be a part of the 2023-2024 schedule. So again, this is all, we're all waiting on if the players are going to accept it, and the players are reportedly expected to accept it, but... um This looks like this could happen for the 2023-2024 season. So this is how it would go, Peter. So I'm reading off from hoopsrumors.com. The first round of the tournament will be part of the regular season schedule. So with the top top eight teams advancing to a single elimination event, uh, then the final final four will be played in a neutral location. Uh, They were said in Las Vegas could be a reported site. Um, NBA teams are expected to initially have 80 regular season games on their schedule compared to 82, so that's different. The leftover games from the teams that don't make the single elimination portion of the in-season tournament would be scheduled at a later date, while the two teams that make the final for the tournament would end up playing 83 games. So you would get incentive to advance because you'd get more wins, you know what I mean? So the prize money for the in-season tournament would be $500,000 per player. So the in-season tournament in this country and any of the major sports is pretty... I should say, um, a foreign, I guess, discussion. It happens in soccer. It's a big thing with soccer. And globally, Europe, in Europe and all that sort of thing, it's it's common. But in the U.S., this is different, and this is something Adam Silver has been trying to instill for the last couple years. So are you on board with this in-season tournament? Do you think it's a good idea or do you think it's stupid?
2: No, I mean it's dumb. What's stopping people from not doing it? Well, five hundred
1: thousand dollars.
2: You need LeBron. What do you need five hundred thousand for? If you're whatever, like name any good player that will probably sit out. When is it going to be during the All Star break or something? Or no, like it's going to be December. December, it?
1: yeah. So it's going to be in December, but it's going to be part of the schedule. So you're the schedule is going to come out, and the the who your opponent is going to be on that schedule. So you have to, there is incentive because it's just a regular season game. Oh. So I guess you can kind of look at it that way. I agree with you, though, in terms of I think the players are going to be like, eh. Like, like they should
2: have said, you're going to guaranteed make the play in tournament or you're going to guaranteed, I don't know, a playoff spot or something. Or...
1: Yeah. No, that's not a bad idea. Or I guess they're using it as, hey, you get an extra win. But ultimately, could that, how is that going to, you know what I mean? How is that really going to be, uh, a big deal for some yeah, of the teams right? the If you're NBA. like a
2: box or whatever, you're like, yeah, I don't need a win. Like, yeah, like, we're,
1: we're the number one seed right now, so yeah. it doesn't make too much of a difference. But maybe, look, maybe that things are going to kind of turn and everyone's going to enjoy it. But we'll see how it goes, if it even comes to fruition. Um, but at all accounts, it is going to happen. Uh, the, like, Woe just tweeted it, the games are going to be baked into the schedule. So it's going to happen. So it's just about whether people are going to enjoy it or not. So that should be interesting. Uh, Other thing, Peter, one other thing I wanted to mention here. um, I guess two other things I wanted to mention. One being uh, All-NBA and postseason award voting. Uh, Two major changes with that. that, Players are going to need to appear in a minimum of 65 games to be eligible to earn postseason awards, like MVP and so on. Um, And players would reportedly have to log in at least 20 minutes in at least 63 of those games to count. Uh, When it comes to All-NBA teams, they're now going to be positionless uh, rather than two guards, two forwards, and one center. And again, I'm reading off HoopsRumors.com. So are you okay with that?
2: Good. Nobody can moan and complain that, like, somebody got screwed, like one of the centers got screwed, and beat or whatever. Like, I love that. And then no load management to an extent, I guess. Like, if you want to win MVP.
1: you want to be All-NBA, you got to play.
2: Yeah, if you want to be All-NBA, LeBron or whatever, like, you got to play so then there's like bird rights and crap that i don't understand hey, i'm Especially not gonna i'm that. not gonna read it i'm not gonna get into associated that, no. with all nba and stuff like that a rose roll which i don't understand but <laughs> yeah i mean if you want to get those like i know that's extra money at the end or something but it's
1: true like for example if Jalen brown uh, here we go <laughs> i'm just saying if Jalen brown makes an all nba team this year right he could make an additional 45 million dollars If he he re-ups with the Celtics, I think it's 40. I think it's even more than that. I think it might be 65, whatever it is. But the thing with this year's All-NBA is it's still the archaic, like two guards, two forwards, and a center. And today's NBA is positionless. I've been saying it for years. It's really the NBA is basically three positions now: ball handlers, wings, and bigs. That's what the NBA is now. Nobody really cares if you're a center, a power forward, a shooting guard, like, nobody really gives a crap. NBA is positionless. That's how the game is played now, and I'm glad that the All-NBA is going to reflect that now. For example, you have a guy like Jalen Brown who nobody really knows what he's categorized as.
2: Is he a guard? Is he a forward? Well, he's a forward, but he's a guard. Like,
1: exactly. Like, that's a big deal because if he's a guard, he has a a lesser chance to be All-NBA because there's better guards. If he has a forward, he has a better chance. You know what I mean? Instead... Now it's going to be all NBA where it's positionless, where are you the, are you a top 15 player in the league or not? Like it's, it's cut and dry now. So that's good. One other thing I want to mention, Peter, that I think is kind of cool. Um, players are now allowed to invest in NBA and WNBA franchises via a private equity firm selected by the NBA PA. Uh, individual players won't be permitted to invest directly in NBA franchises. The NBA PA can do so on behalf of all players. Uh, along with the fact that now players are allowed to promote or invest in sports betting companies. But, the of course, if you do that, you need to have complete separation from the gambling component of it. So, yeah,
2: interesting about that, huh? Don't be Calvin Ridley, A. B. I mean, no, I mean, that's probably just LeBron wants, like, some ownership of the Cavs, I guess. And I don't know.
1: I guess it's I... just a chance for, MBA, for NBA players to invest in – Make some more money, you know. Like, what I mean?
2: who would invest in a team that's playing right now that's not LeBron?
1: I mean, I guess I'm sure they have a program. Would be like small, small shares where it's going to be like, you donate a hundred dollars out of your game check a week into like the league itself, like it's sort of like, I don't know, like a like a tr- like a, a trust fund or something like that. You know what I mean? Where like,
2: that will be Giannis if he stays with the Bucks the whole time or something because he gave him a chance.
1: Yeah, and I don't like I said, I don't think it's directly going to be like hey, I want to invest in the Milwaukee Bucks. Like, I think it's just going to be like like it was kind of described in Hoops Rumors like a private equity that they're going to all kind of decide on. It's going to be like, I guess, like a bond or, you know what I mean, something like that. So, yeah, I, I wanted to talk about this, Peter. So a big reason why it was the in-season tournament. And, uh, again, the players are likely going to accept this in the coming weeks. So, yeah, we could be looking at an NBA playing tournament come next December. So, get ready for that,
2: Peter. You should get rid of the stupid playing tournament.
1: You don't like the playing tournament? Right. I like it. No, I don't. I'm a fan. No, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I'm glad. I think this was a great... You'll game. be a
2: fan until you get screwed out of What am I
1: getting screwed out
2: of? When you're a 17 and... I mean... When Taylor to... Brown goes and then... You but know. you
1: have an incentive to... Yeah. If you're the B-17. Because all you have to do is win one game and, like, you're good. Even if you're a 17 and you lose, you have a chance to, to beat the winner of the 9-10 game.
2: Fair, fair,
1: fair, fair. Oh, you know what I mean? It is incentive. Like, if you're a nine seed, you're like, nah, man, we're just going to chill. Like, you, you still want to get to that seven or eight seed. So, all right, Peter, you want to talk some UFC? Let's do it. All right, Peter, our packed show continues. And as we said, to start, we're going to have Dylan Sariva to talk about UFC 287, 287. Dylan, of course, from Cheap Talk Wrestling. So, Dylan, how are we doing? Welcome back. I think you were last here, what, maybe a month ago, month and a half ago?
0: Yeah, for John. Yeah, uh... NL preview. Um,
1: oh yes,
0: oh yeah. So uh, shout out Matt Cunha. Uh, you know UConn won the national championship, and Matt, I told you I'd become a Nationals fan if uh, you know UConn won. So I get to watch two fifth place teams this year. Um, let's go, Nats. Josiah Gray, my boy.
1: It's true, Dylan. Uh, Dylan, Peter, do you remember that Dylan was mocking right. you Matt? Just
2: said that. I did not.
1: Yeah, Dylan was mocking Matt and um, his UConn pick, and kind of said it half-jokingly, and here we are today. <laughs> UConn Huskies won the Nationals championship.
2: And Dylan Sarriva is a Nationals fan. Why don't you Photoshop your face on the Nationals fucking jersey? Oh, Peter, you're going to
0: love the one I have. I already got it queued up, but unfortunately, the Red Sox just can't win a game. I
2: literally laugh, roll my eyes, and then laugh again. I'm like, really? <laughs>
0: Damn. Every Red Sox win, Peter. There's just going to be a thread on my Twitter, of just you. All right, yeah,
2: good.
1: I think they are going to be well, different backgrounds. There won't stuff, be a lot, lot
2: this year. Good.
1: You've had a nice, like, week break, a weekend break, you know? You've had to...
2: <laughs> it's very true.
1: Yeah. I mean, Tomorrow's another day, though, so who, who the hell knows? We're going... They're going down to Comerica Park, so I think you should be expecting a, a picture soon,
2: Peter. Sure. Me with Noah.
0: <laughs> I hope so, man. They need to beat the Tigers. <laughs>
1: exactly. All right, so let's talk some UFC two eighty seven. So, Dylan, I guess from an excitement level, are you as excited about this card as the last card with Jones, or do you think? Uh, are you? Is this one? I guess a, a tear down.
0: I think for a lot of like casual fans, it might be a little bit uh tiered down just because uh Adesanya is probably the biggest headliner, but I mean Jorge Masvidal's on on here. He's another. A uh, fan favorite, due to that knockout a couple of years ago of Ben Askren, which is still one of the <laughs> fights I watched live. Like the fact that this man, like WWE, counted the three count as his opponent was on un- unconscious. Like well, that was like minutes.
2: five seconds, wasn't it? It was just like bam.
0: Yeah, it they like rung the bell. Askren shot for a takedown, and Masvidal just kneed him right in the temple, and it was like lights out.
1: So, yeah, I I agree with you, though, in terms of the, uh, I should say, like the level of interest from some people compared to the Jones fight. So it felt like everybody was jacked up to see Jones. Uh, To me, anyway, it felt like everybody was into that. But like you were saying before we started recording, there's a lot of underrated fights here in the prelim along with the main card. I know there was this fight specifically you wanted to talk about in the prelim card. So get into it.
0: Yeah. So uh, the featured prelim on this card is uh, Chris Curtis versus Kelvin Gastelum a 185-pound middleweight fight. Uh, Kelvin Gastelum, former title challenger, um, and has been around with the elites of 185, you know, kind of in the past couple of years has started to hit that crescendo in his career. He's a little bit older, um, you know, but I still think he has the ability to win fights. And facing someone, Curtis, who's on a little bit of an upswing, I think if Gastelum, you know, can pick up the victory here, Uh, It's a huge momentum boost. He can argue for a bigger name opponent in his next fight um, and maybe make a good uh, deep run at 185 with everything going on right now with Pereira and Adesanya.
1: So who do you, I guess, who would you pick for that?
0: So I actually like the underdog. Uh, I like Gaslam a little bit. He's currently uh, a plus 135 underdog on most sports books. Curtis, a minus 160 favorite. Um, But I think... It's almost like a pick'em at this point. Like I know he's slightly an underdog, but I I just think he can end up getting the win here.
1: Interesting. So Dylan, he's an underdog. We're expecting to see the ticket on Saturday. <laughs> Peter, Is what you... do you think? Do you got a, a strong opinion on that one or no?
2: I do not. I have no idea who any of the Peter has one. no. Okay. I'm not gonna lie. On I will ride with Dylan. Dylan, uh, throw me a UFC parlay on Friday, and I will do it. Oh, look All at right.
1: that! All look right. at that! I'll throw you a little something. Peter has spoken. That's good, Peter. I just wanted to I'll get have your my opinion. My ticket, Peter.
2: Jay. You, oh, you don't know you,
1: where's your Embiid MVP ticket? Where is it?
2: That was before was uh, legal high uh, gambling. So yeah,
1: we don't give you that excuse. Where's your
2: Jokic two years in a row?
1: The same place where your Embiid ticket is, yeah. not here. All right, so let's get to the main card here. Uh, and Dylan kind of talked about it before we started recording. There's two or three fights here uh, that he expects to be some great ones. Uh, well, I guess we'll start off with uh, who do you want to start with here? Um, You want to start off with Gilbert Burns? You want to start off with that fight?
0: Sure, yeah. So this is uh, the co-main event. It's actually the biggest gap between the favorite and the underdog on this card. Uh, Gilbert, Doreno Burns, currently a minus 450 favorite. Uh, Jorge Masvidal, plus 350 underdog. Wow. So, I mean, for MMA-wise, I think that's like a a huge discrepancy. Um, And there's some reasoning behind it. I mean, Masvidal is on a three-fight skid uh he hasn't fought in over a year um but one thing that really really is a great part of his game is he has just one punch power uh one you know shot as everybody remembers from the Askren fight um and gilbert burns right now kind of in a little bit of a weird uh medium you know um coming up or you know kind of facing someone who's a little bit further down the rankings uh you know came off a loss in a title victory or uh title defense when Kamaru Usman was still champion and now currently having to find his way back around in 170 with the whole Colby Covington's getting a shot uh kind of a thing here so interesting fight here i understand the discrepancy but i i just can't count Masvidal out but it's it's kind of easy here i would i would probably take the minus 450 favorite it it just kind of feels that way
2: yeah, I Smash haven't. Burns. Sma- smash Burns. I think is, uh time is run out, to be honest. I think I haven't seen
1: hard. many plus 350 fights. And what's Mazdal? He's, what, 38 now? 38,
0: 39? Yeah, gonna be yeah 37, 38, something like that. That's he's, crazy. like, he's definitely up there in age. I mean, again, like, power is one of the last thing to go in a fighter, um, which I think Mazdal still has. But Gilbert Burns was just titling, uh, challenging for a title, like, two years ago. Like, you you can't like pick that on a dog. I think that's way too much of a of a dark horse pick. I I mean if you want to fade me, fade me. Um, you know, but I'm I'm not picking Masvidal.
1: I can't believe how much of an underdog he is. Uh, I, under- I agree with everything that you and Peter said, but I'm just surprised plus 350 is a huge number, especially when it's the UFC. There's very rare instances in which you see that big plus 350 number there. Uh and again, I don't know what the history in terms of like a trend for being that much of an underdog is in UFC, Peter, I guess you would know. Do you see any correlation with big underdogs and winning or probably losing?
2: probably somebody versus Nunes or somebody versus Rousey back in the day. Well, yeah, I was, think she, yeah.
0: I think when Holm KO'd Rousey, she was like a plus 750 oh, underdog, yeah. wow. which is like ridiculous, yeah. but...
1: That's crazy. I mean, but I well, I, I don't think want
2: that... I don't want Mazadol to retire until he faces Covington one more time, even though he'll get destroyed, but like that... That's hardcore real life beef.
1: So all right. And what there's two more fights you want to hit on, Dylan. Which one was it? It was the um the Christian Rodriguez one, right?
0: Yep. Uh yep. so he's facing probably I would say probably a top three prospect in MMA right now in Raul Rosas Jr. Um, I think he's only like nineteen years old. Uh he's wicked, wicked young. Um, but he's gathered so much attention he's actually still only 18 um so stormed on to attention on the dana white contender series uh had his first fight a couple of months ago and won in like 36 seconds on a you know main ufc pay-per-view so this kid is kind of just captivating the sport right now he's such a crazy um talent and to be able to pick up a win in 37 seconds is is pretty impressive especially a submission um and he currently, I think they were saying, so he fights at bantamweight, which is 135 pounds, uh, for anyone not familiar with MMA. But he walks on; he only walks around at like 138 pounds. Like he really doesn't have to cut that much weight um, to make weight, which is incredible. You don't really see guys doing that.
1: So, who do you like in that one?
0: I like Rosas, man. I think I think you got to ride the hot hand. I mean,
1: undefeated, right?
0: Yeah, seven and zero, undefeated. Christian. Rog- Rodriguez obviously a great prospect as well, eight and one in his pro career. Um, but Rosas right now, slight favorite at uh minus one ninety. And I think it's it's a worthwhile pick. Um I think he we might be seeing another quick victory, uh submission victory, and you know, Rosas starting to gain even more momentum here and only is uh technically third with the company, but second like actual pay-per-view fight.
1: That all seems right. like one that's, I guess, the polar opposite of the last fight we kind of talked about. The last fight was a uh, look, 36 year old guys, and this one's a little bit twenty years younger. You know what I mean? So this one could be some up and coming stuff that we see for the next couple of years. So that's yeah, that cool.
2: Guy, that guy is eighteen, younger than all of us. And we were just talking about uh,
1: what thirty-eight and thirty-six, yeah, with Gilbert Burns. 36, yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah, yeah, guys born in the nineteen eighties, and then a guy that was born in two thousand four.
2: Yeah,
1: younger than us, exactly. Yep. Younger than us. Yeah. So I guess you see a a bit of everything in this UFC 287 card. So that's kind of, that's something different and that's cool. Uh, Let's talk about the main event now. Uh, I guess, Dylan, you're very excited about this one, Alex Pereira and Adesanya. Who do you like in this one?
0: So once again, I'm actually going to go with the underdog here, uh, which surprisingly enough is the champion right now, Alex Pereira. Um, And for two reasons, I'm going to go with Pereira. A, I think it's just one of those things. He has Adesanya's number. He is the Chris Middleton versus the Celtics of, of MMA. He just, for whatever reason, has Adesanya's number. He's 2-0 and against him in professional kickboxing. And then, like we saw in the last fight, uh, he knocked him out in the fifth round. So that's part of it. And then, B, the champion in an instant rematch is currently 11-3. Uh, in like all time like instant rematches in the UFC the champion is 11 and 3 so the odds are just not in Adesanya's favor Um, so I just think like A he has his number and B just history speaks for itself I would go personally with Pereira here
2: uh, do you agree with that I mean did... I agree on that because Ad- Adesanya when he lost versus Pereira the first time the, the, the whole world was shocked so I, I won't be surprised if he does it again but I mean, as UFC, not saying it's like rigged or anything, but like you want Adesanya to win, right?
0: I would say he's better for the sport. Yeah, um, he's definitely the more popular guy, which is why I think he's he's currently kind of favored.
2: Oh yeah, because everyone's like Adesanya. I know who that is.
0: And I think like he's he's very very good. He he rebounds well. Um, you know, you don't really see him get put in a lot of bad situations, and he almost he almost knocked out Pereira. In the first yeah. fight. I think that's why these odds are so close. I mean, if you look at it, Adesanya's a minus one fifty five, Pereira's a plus one thirty. Same thing. It's almost like one guy has to be favored the underdog, but it, it's really a pick'em. But I just think like with the, the challenger being three and eleven in instant rematches, like that that that's gotta kinda factor in as well, you know?
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you. That's a good point. Uh I this this card has a bit of everything, you know, it feels like we just talked about the old veterans we just talked about the young guys and now we're talking about an underdog who's a champion right so bit of everything
0: it's weird it's uh and there was supposed to you know there were a couple of fights that got canceled um one I was looking forward to that got canceled was Mike Chiesa versus Lee uh Jingliang um I thought that was going to be a fun fight but I think that got pushed uh into May uh, a couple of weeks down the line
1: okay so Peter, you got anything else on uh, UFC 287?
2: God or Sonia, River
1: out of Sonia though. Sonia Yeah,
2: I, I will bet Pereira though because he's an underdog. We well, gotta wait
1: to see what Dylan's parlay is. Dylan's gonna cook it up. He said by Friday.
2: I to- I totally will. Wait. All right.
0: Should I make a little video like Car with the? Yeah. Uh... <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. Yes.
2: Yes, you should. Just send it to that's... Peter
1: and not say anything else. <laughs> if
2: that's what you want to do. If you want to yes. take all that time, do it. If you, to me, if you want to send me a text, that's perfectly fine <laughs> as
0: well.
1: All right, Dylan, you ready to redeem yourself?
0: Yes, I'm going to redeem myself for the uh, darkness. So.
1: No, that's In
2: the, the top answer so far of all time. So
1: It is, but that's okay. He's going to redeem himself. So five questions, not about football. Peter, you want to lead off or do you want me to lead off?
2: I can do it. Number one, uh, speaking of the UFC, how do you feel about the UFC endeavor and the WWE merge?
0: So I actually think it's fantastic. Um, you're combining two really powerful companies. Um, they've kind of had a working relationship in the past uh with crossover guys like Brock Lesnar. Um I think it's really cool. I'm hoping this means Vince McMahon's just gonna step away. Um because you know, the villain from the Wiley e. Coyote TV. you see story.
2: him? He looks like stupid Mar. He he looks like an Italian mob. He looks like Waligi.
0: He does <laughs>
2: <laughs> kind of, yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, so I think it's cool. Um, currently, the net worth between those two companies is 21.4 billion dollars. Um, so that's just a ridiculous amount of money. So it's it's cool. I'm I'm hoping you know Vin, Vince just steps back like way, 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 way back.
1: I, I agree with Dylan. I think it's a good decision. Uh, question two sticking to the theme of wrestling, what were your I guess, uh, takeaways from WrestleMania.
0: Hate it. Hate night it. one.
2: Ooh. Acknowledge him. Acknowledge. Acknowledge him. Uh-huh. Night, one,
0: uh-huh. night one. Great. Night one. Fantastic. 8.75. Night two.
2: 5.2. Oh, is if you because could have of, that, I would have smashed. The, so Roman the, Reigns was plus, what did we say? 5.50? fifty. Four, four five fifty. yeah. 4.50, 5.50. Five fifty. Don't. are you I just smashed. pissed about the Roman Reigns thing? Is that what it is?
0: So I'm pissed on the level of like, Obviously, like WWE is is scripted. The winner, they know yeah, who's yeah. going. Of course, oh, wait, it's
2: big. Wow. No way.
0: But like WrestleMania, and, and I'm I'm the big like history nerd on CTW. For anyone who doesn't listen, like WrestleMania has historically been like a big thing for for the babyface, and you know, kind of sending the fans home happy. And the idea that like they need to make Cody quote unquote like struggle or or you know, they swerved us because everyone was expecting Cody to win, I think is just absolutely ridiculous. And again, we know now reports later that Vince McMahon was involved in the creative process for it. Um, and I think that once again, harness or harks to the fans being like, we don't want Vince McMahon booking shows anymore. We're, we're good. We're We're past that. Like you're going to lose viewership. And it's just like, it's just frustrating. At the end of the day, it it is what it is. I mean, you know, I'm not going to lose sleep over it, but yeah, it's, no, I see it's what you're saying.
2: Peter, question three and number three. I don't know if you'll be on before the NBA and NHL playoffs. So, who do you have them winning them all?
0: So I have a ticket. Ooh.
2: Um, oh,
0: shit. that uh, Fanduel sportsbook gave out. Boosted odds, uh Boston Celtics and the Boston Bruins.
1: Oh. oh, there we go, Dylan.
0: So um I think it's possible. I think they can both win. I, I personally think whoever comes out of the East in the NBA is winning it. And I think it's between the Bucs and the Celtics. I think those are the only two teams that are doing it. Although the Suns do have a decent team in the West, um I nobody in the West like really truly intimidates me. Yeah,
1: we were just saying that. We were saying that uh, in our NBA segment. Question was this question four. What is your number one fast food chain restaurant?
0: Ooh, I'm a huge KFC guy. Um, that was that was definitely my fat guy meal at Curry. <laughs> um, you know, if I didn't feel like having stew food, drove down the road. No, they have
2: they have chicken nuggets now at KFC. All right, two part answer, two part question. What, what's your go to order? That doesn't count, but. All
0: right, uh, my go to order was always the. Oh Jesus! Wow, this—I think it's the number twelve to show you how fat I am. Um, it was a five-piece tender with uh fries, and I would either get double fries sometimes or fries in the uh the little corn kernels.
1: Oh, okay. All right, Peter, you a question five? And number
2: five, the best question of them all: What would you do in a darkness retreat? Do not say reading, or I'll kick you out of this.
0: Uh, darkness retreat with Aaron Rodgers. Um, probably, probably <laughs> meditate. I mean, you if you can't, you know, there's no light. What, what are you gonna do? You know,
1: Dylan, you passed the test. See kids, everybody. See, Dylan, knows. it took two tries, but that was good. That was a good answer. Peter, that was a good question. I don't think he was expecting that this time around. That was good. Good on everybody. Good stuff, boys. All right, Dylan, thank you as always for coming on. Peter again very packed show hope uh everyone stuck through it uh Peter next week we can talk some more baseball we can talk some NBA playing tournament and uh maybe some nfl news maybe not who knows uh no, Dylan, probably, we'll thank you yeah. again
2: don't kid yourself thanks Dylan.
0: Yeah, I mean thanks for having me on again guys uh I hope you have the Aaron Rodgers trade to talk about next week and uh I I'm not sure if I'm gonna be on the draft show but Peter I, I want to give you my name to uh to Oh okay, wait no, we'll, we'll have you. on the draft show, yeah. you can be on the
2: drop show. I, I didn't want to take a. Yo, you're you're on. No, you're on. You're on. Hold no, the no, name. I'll spoil it. You can give me hold the name as you want. So hold the name. name. We'll yeah, see that you that in two hold. or
1: three weeks.
0: Yeah. Uh, Stay hot, young guys.